This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 31st of March. In your Squiz today, a good weekend for a by-election, reducing booze in the NT, putting the handbrake on AI and an extra hour of snooze. This is your Squiz today. It's another joyful weekend for election lovers like us, Claire. This one's in former Liberal member Alan Tudge's seat of Aston, which is in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. It'll be held tomorrow and the focus will be on whether the Liberals can hold it. Tudge held Aston with a small margin of 2.8% and the Liberals tip a narrow win. And Alice, they would say that, so <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. But history is definitely in the Liberals' corner. The last time a government took a seat off the opposition in a by-election was in 1920, so more than 100 years ago. Uh, the reason we're talking about this is because the result could mean more uh, for a broader audience than just the people of Aston. The result won't change things much for either of the major parties when it comes to their numbers in the House of reps. Uh, But for the pundits, it matters because it could tell us a little bit about how voters are rating the performances of the major party leaders. Yeah, some are saying that it's a bit of a test of what voters think of Anthony Albanese and the Labor Party now that they're behind the steering wheel and responsible for real outcomes. But the focus is more on the coalition leader, Peter Dutton. It's the first public vote that he's overseen as head of the party. Yeah, so broadly it means that there's pretty much going to be a lot of commentary over the weekend about what the result says about the two leaders. And of course, it's also a test of the issues of the day. Uh, Labor's Mary Doyle and the Liberal candidate Roisin Campbell have been campaigning very heavily on the cost of living. That's because Aston is a really classic mortgage belt seat. Mm. The Bureau of Stats says that 41% of residents there have a mortgage and many are feeling the pinch, of course, from rising interest rates. So we'll have to see what they say about that. There's a number of other issues, of course, kicking around and many voters will be concerned about the other issues of the day like AUKUS and nuclear-powered submarines, the voice referendum uh, and things like Labor's climate policy that got support from the Greens this week. Yeah, and there's another issue to add to that, Claire. The Victorian Liberals have been dealing with the fallout after State MP Moira Deeming's anti-trans rally earlier in the month. It's the one that attracted a group of Nazi supporters. So there's plenty of talking points for the people of Aston tomorrow. We'll no doubt regroup on Monday to check in on what went down. The Northern Territory government continues to crack down on alcohol-related problems, Claire. Yesterday, Chief Minister Natasha Files announced the government's latest plan They'll offer to buy back the liquor licences of about 50 grocery stores in the NT, but it is voluntary for the stores. So Files yesterday said that if there's fewer licences, it means less alcohol and less alcohol-related harm in those communities. And like you say, Alice, about 50 stores in the Northern Territory will be offered about $35,000 on a case-by-case basis to give up their licences. The announcement has come at the same time as new data has been confirmed by the Northern Territory Government that shows that emergency hospital presentations in Alice 
springs have dropped sharply. It's been a little while since we've spoken about that violence in Alice. Mm. Um, the town camps and, of course, remote communities near there have had those grog bans reinstated. Uh, the figures show that 390 alcohol-related presentations were recorded in February. That's down from more than 700 in December. But Liberal Party Senator Jacinta Price says that referrals to dry-out shelters have doubled. She says that services that help people while they're sobering up need more support. Claire, a petition's been lodged by more than 1,000 tech experts, and that includes big names like Elon Musk and Apple's co-founder Steve Wozniak. They've called for a six-month halt to the development of artificial intelligence tech. Yeah, they've acknowledged that there's potential benefits from artificial intelligence, but they say that the speed at which the technology is evolving poses, uh, and this is the quote, profound risks to society and humanity. They say there needs to be better regulation from governments. Uh, The petition was released by a group called the Future of Life Institute. It's a non-profit organisation that's backed by Elon Musk uh, and it calls for the creation of global standards for ethical and safe AI development. The petition also says that developers are locked in an out-of-control race to develop and deploy more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict or reliably control. But the push isn't without its critics, Claire. Cornell University professor James Grimmelman says that a pause is a good idea, but he notes that it's deeply hypocritical for Elon Musk to sign on, given Tesla's widespread use of AI. The Aussie F1 Grand Prix will roar to life in Melbourne this weekend, Claire. Organisers expect a record crowd of about 450,000 people to fill Albert Park. It's a huge weekend in Melbourne and I reckon Formula One has a whole tonne of new fans after the Netflix series um, Drive to Survive debuted. I'm certainly one of those. Uh, (laughs) There's Aussies connected to this, of course. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo has always been a crowd favourite. He's not Mm -hmm. driving this year. He's on the sort of bench for Red Bull. Uh, But Oscar Piastri is making his hometown debut. He drives for McLaren. He's a young gun. He's only 21 years old. He and his teammate Lando Norris have had a bit of a tough start to the season. They haven't scored any points in the first two races so far, but there's been a bit of a reorganisation within McLaren to try and support them better. Um, Despite all the fanfare about him, um, Piastri isn't expected to take out the race. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Bookies favour Red Bull's world champ Max Verstappen to win the race. The first practice one starts at 12.30pm today and the actual race starts at 3pm on Sunday. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. 
It's almost time to wind the clocks back. At least it is if you're in New South Wales, Victoria, the ACT, Tassie and SA. Because daylight saving time comes to an end in the early hours of Sunday morning. Claire, it's my favourite day to nab an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, how good is that extra hour on Sunday (laughs) or if you can push it into the week a little bit to get the benefit (laughs) when you need it. But, of course, yeah, clocks go back an hour. People in those states will get earlier sunrises and sunsets in the lead up to winter. It's pretty dark at the moment. It's pretty depressing Mm. when you do the squiz (laughs) as early as we do (laughs) and it's still dark when we get wrapped up around that 6am mark. Um, Farmers particularly are saying, these days that it's probably not appropriate because, of course, it's very difficult for them to start their day when it's so dark and not to mention the parents who really struggle uh, with getting sleepy kids out of bed when it's still dark outside. But it's been a mainstay for a long time. It's always been the case that it's the first Sunday of April uh, that clocks go back that hour. And if you want the backstory to Daylight Saving Time and how it all came about, we did a squeeze shortcut on it back in 2019. And Claire, unlike Daylight Saving Time itself, the episode is perennial. Yeah, we only get to plug it twice a year, so this is <laughs> the first time for 2023. <laughs> Friday lights, Claire. What's made our list this week? So a good one to put up your sleeve, I reckon, for the Easter long weekend. Have a go this weekend if you get a chance, if that's uh, something that could be on your agenda. It's an easy roasted beef fillet um, and it's just got some potatoes with it. I did it with a green salad a couple of weeks ago. The meat cut, of course, is expensive and it's a bit of a treat, but it is so delicious. You really do get some good bang for your buck with that one. Brilliant. I'll add the link to that recipe in our episode notes today. And that wraps us up, Claire. But as always, you and Kate will be back with Saturday Squiz tomorrow. Yep, we sure will. And I reckon this weekend, if you get the chance, have a listen to how far we've come. We've dropped out four episodes of that. That's in the Squiz Today feed. Alice, you've done a great job on that one. I reckon reckon Squizzes are really enjoyed if they haven't given it a go yet. Have a great Friday. We'll be back with you again on Monday. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although Mm. they do leak (laughs) a a fair amount of it. And there is a famous time when when, um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers the day before the budget and was able to print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, (laughs) But the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.